Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello and welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. My name is Valerie Complex and I am assistant editor and film writer at Deadline Hollywood. So today we got a special episode. We have two interviews spliced into one. I interviewed actress Mia Isaacs and director Hannah Marks, both involved in the Amazon studio original film Don't Make Me Go, which also stars John Cho. Now, as for Mia Isaac, she's really a rising talent who has two back-to-back films out right now. They came out in July. She made her feature film debut in Don't Make Me Go, which is an amazing feat and to be starring alongside someone uh, as talented and as seasoned as John Cho is a huge deal. Now, the film premiered on the streamer last month and is directed by Hannah Marks, like I said before. And the film follows a single father, Cho, who was diagnosed with a potentially fatal brain tumor and takes his 16-year-old daughter, Wally, who's played by Isaacs, on a road trip to meet her strange mother. Shortly after that film came out, she had another film that she's in called Not Okay, released on Hulu. And that film stars Zoe Deutsch and Dylan O'Brien. And it it kind of, you could say it's a satire. And then the film Isaacs plays Rowan, a young adult dedicated to societal change. Now, the film was directed by Quinn Shepard, and you got to watch it. It's, it's really a funny sort of look on social media culture. Anyway, I'm not going to give too much away. So her next upcoming projects include a short film and the television series that she'll be making an appearance on. So be sure to look out for that. And Hannah Marks is an actress, writer, and director. And she directed Don't Make Me Go. And her next project, which is really special, is called Turtles All the Way Down, which is a New Line Cinema film adaptation of John Green's New York Times bestselling book. Now, if you are familiar with John Green's name, it's because he's written The Successful Fault in Our Stars. Green also serves as executive producer on the film Turtles All the Way Down, because of course. Now, last November, Marx wrote and directed the indie comedy Mark, Mary, and Some Other People, which earned her the Best Screenplay Award at the 2021 Tribeca Film Festival. But she's not a newbie to winning awards, because in 2018, with her uh, co-directorial debut film, after everything, won the Game Changer Award at South by Southwest. And the film stars Micah Monroe and Jeremy White. Now, I recorded this, these interviews sort of separately. Usually I'll talk to a whole bunch of people all together at once. But because the way the uh, press junket was set up, they're speaking at two different times and two different interviews. Either way, we have a really great discussion about identity. And there's a sort of twist in the film, if you haven't seen Don't Make Me Go yet, that we talk about. So with that said, without further ado, let's get into the discussion. 
it was it's really nice to meet you mia um i watched the film last night and it had me bawling uh straight tears and i just want to know how did the the story of don't let me go come across your desk of sorts and what made you so attached to something that's has such a heavy topic and is such heavy material um, for me, I mean, it wasn't something that was um, offered to me, of course, because I'd never done anything. And so it was something that I auditioned for with the hopes of maybe booking the role. Um, I auditioned when I was 16 towards the end of 2020. And um, the whole audition process for me lasted about a month. I think Ooh. it was like um, four or five um, rounds over the course of like weeks. And so um I immediately fell in love with the script from the moment that I read it uh, and it had me in tears just from reading it. Um, and it reminded me so much of the place that I'm at in my life right now. And Wally, um, Wally and I feel very similar in that we're both trying to figure out who we are as going from kids to adults. Um, and it also reminded me so much of my own relationship with my parents. Um, and I loved it so much and I just, I really, 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 really wanted to be a part of it. And so I was just nervous and I got even more nervous the further along I got in the process. Um, and I was just like, I've never gotten this far in an audition before. Um, and so I think I was, um, I just really wanted John and Hannah to like me and I'm glad they did because I, I look up to them so, so much. And like audition is a word that we just don't hear anymore. And I really think that it's interesting to hear you sort of describe how the process is and how it's not just like a walk in and you get the part sort of thing. It takes. Well, nowadays you know, it's not even a walk in, it's a log on to Zoom. <laughs> right. It's a Zoom call or it's a video that somebody gets in it. You know, they just sort of watch you and, you know, the, there's been that sort of person to person um, sort of lost with that. And when you talk about the character of Wally, how would you describe her trajectory from the beginning of the film to the end? Like, how would you describe that arc, that emotional arc of sorts? I think for Wally, one of the, the biggest things that she's kind of learning is um, to be a little bit more emotionally open with Max. Um, and she's also kind of coming into this, it's this weird feeling of at the beginning of the movie, Max is the parent and Wally is the child and Max is going to teach Wally the things that she needs. But by the end of the movie, it kind of feels like the complete opposite as if Wally has all of this wisdom that she has to impart on Max. And um, I think that's just really interesting. Um, and there's this, there's this shift in the movie where Wally at a certain point towards the middle, she starts to realize that um, her father isn't, um, a hero and he's just human and he makes mistakes um, and she loves him anyways. And I think that's a really interesting turn point um, as a child. And I think we've all been there when we realize that our parents are humans. And I think that's when the relationship starts to shift in a way that um, is beautiful. And how did you, how did you feel when reading the script about that little subversion that happens uh, toward the end at the karaoke scene. I'm not going to give it, it away. But there, it was a really interesting and kind of shocking subversion. I was not expecting that at all. And mm -hmm. I was like, hmm, you know, that was really clever uh, to do. I, I'm just curious what your reaction was seeing that. As you read the script, you're, you're expecting one thing to happen and you're like, oh no, like, mm -hmm. 
you know, yeah. that totally defies expectations. I mean, I knew how it was going to end. I knew how it was going to end before I even read the script. And so I thought going into reading the script, since I knew the ending, it wouldn't hit me as hard. But somehow I was still shocked and somehow it still hit just as hard and I still got just as emotional. And then um, watching it on screen, having already read the script and acted it out and knowing exactly how it was going to end, I still had an emotional reaction. And I think it's just because um, there's this reminder that life is going to take turns that you can't expect and you can't plan for things. Um, and it, it hits so hard because you realize that um, life is short and you have to spend right. it with people that you love and you get caught up in this road trip they're having and it gets so fun that sometimes you forget that there's something daunting, um, but that's how it always is in life in general. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully that resonates with other people watching it too. Yeah, it definitely caught me off guard and I was like, wow, like, whoa, like, you know, late at night or whatever. And it, it, it is definitely a story that will bring you to tears. And, and I'm, I'm curious to know, what was it like working with John? Because you guys' chemistry is off the charts. And I know sometimes when, when people are a little bit newer and they're, you know, sort of alongside people with more experiences, there can be that sort of disconnect, but there's none of that amateur feeling of anything there. And so how did you go about building that relationship and that on-screen sort of chemistry? I mean, I think it's, I think it's really interesting what you said um, that sometimes when people are younger and less experienced and working with someone who's more experienced that there's a disconnect. Because for me, I think that that exact reason was, uh, was why we connected so well um, because I was new and I was young and I didn't really know what I was doing. And I immediately kind of looked to John for guidance. And because he's, um, he, he, he's a, an experienced actor, I, um, I think he, he knew what he was doing. And I'm so grateful that he was so open with me and willing to share things with me. And I learned so much from him on, on set. So I think it was, it was the exact opposite. I think that was one of the um, biggest connections that we were to make because um, it, it kind of, almost mirrored the dynamic um, of a father and daughter um, him kind of showing me the way. Um, and so I think that's what, what really helped. Um, and also we spent a lot of time together in that car. So <laughs> we were going to get close one way or another. <laughs> right, right. You're going to have to deal with it one way or another in the hot sun or maybe, I don't know if it was hot or not, but well, I, in New Zealand um, it was actually winter. So in the cold, cold car. Oh, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> It's, it sounds like it was not a good, I can't stand the cold. Anyway, um, I, I'm curious to know more about you and how you got into wanting to be a part of this sort of world of acting, your experiences, um, your challenges, because uh, I rarely get to talk to someone as new um, as you might consider yourself in the business. And I'm always curious to hear that that personal journey um, of what it took to get to where you are now. I don't know if you are comfortable sharing that with me, but Ooh, definitely, yeah. I think the listeners would definitely want to hear that. I mean, I have wanted to be an actress since I was little, um, and that was always my biggest dream. And I knew that I just wanted 
to tell stories. And um, I think when I was like seven, I, I put on my Christmas list that I wanted an agent. Um, and so I've, it's always been something that I've really, really wanted in my life. Um, but it's been um, a dream in my life for so long that I think at a certain point, it started to feel like a pipe dream. Um, and I was constantly getting told by people that it was unrealistic or that it would never happen. Um, and I've been, I've been acting since I was 10 years old. Um, and so for like seven years, I was auditioning and um, there were a lot of times where I wanted to quit or I wanted to give up because it just felt like uh, I was never hearing back. Um, but I'm so glad that I didn't because when I found out that I booked Don't Make Me Go, it was like my biggest dream come true. Um, and to just to get to experience that, I think it was one of the biggest, biggest blessings in my life. And I still can't believe that I got to do it. And I'm still so grateful. Um, and I think that I'm, I'm just really glad that I didn't give up. And I think that's, that's a theme that's also in the movie <laughs> is to take risks and to um, not always go with the safe option because you, you only get one chance at life. So um, to do the things that you want to do and to go after them unapologetically. And it sounds like you're, you know, it's always great to have a support system there to support the things that you want to do. Because I know a lot of people would look at acting like, oh, that's not realistic. That doesn't right. make any money or whatever. Yeah. But I think an important part of that is the support system. And it sounds like your your parents and, you know, the folks around you were totally down for it and sort yeah. of fostered that environment for you. Yeah, my parents have always been the most supportive people in my life. Like I said, I'm, I'm very, very close with my parents. And that's why I had such an emotional reaction reading Don't Make Me Go. Um, and they've always wholeheartedly support, supported me. And I mean, they were the ones who convinced me to keep going and to keep trying when I wanted to give up um, as an actress. Um, and I remember the day that I found out that I booked Don't Make Me Go. Um, I think they told me that it was another audition. And so to log on to Zoom because they wanted to do one last callback. And so I logged onto the Zoom and it, Hannah was there and all the producers were there. And they kind of just told me that I had booked it. And immediately my parents came rushing in because they were listening at the door. <laughs> <laughs> and they like came running into my room and we were all like hugging and jumping around. And um, it just, it felt like it wasn't just a celebration for me. It was a celebration for us together because my mom was the one who um, sat with me and did self tapes every morning. She was the one who got up early with me to practice lines. Um, my dad was the one who um, constantly told me to don't give up, don't give up. And so um, us celebrating together, it was, it was really, really special. That's really fantastic. I'm so, I hope more parents, you know, continue to support their children and their relationship to the arts. Cause I think it's, you know, extremely important uh, to, to do that. Um, and so now that, you know, now that you have Don't Make Me Go under your belt, are there any genres of film that you, that you look forward to participating in or do you search more for stories mm -hmm. um, sort of in that capacity? Um, or is it too hard to tell or? Well, so first I feel like I got really, really lucky with Don't Make Me Go as a first movie because it's brilliant and it's beautiful. Um, and I feel lucky for that. And I'm grateful for that. Um, the thing that I did, the movie that I did right after Don't Make Me Go was called Not Okay. Um, and it comes out on Hulu July 29th. Um, I actually started filming it like a week after I finished Don't Make Me Go. And so it was kind of crazy going from having mm -hmm. done nothing to going straight into a second movie. Um, but I think that one is 
uh, similar in that I really love the story. And that's what's most important to me more than anything is a story that is going to, uh, whether or not you like it, something that's going to resonate with you and um, draw an emotional reaction. Um, and I think whether that emotional reaction is tears or laughter or hate or frustration, um, if it makes you feel something, then that's a really good story. And I think not okay is gonna make people feel something. Um, and then um, I think the same thing can be said with uh, the next project that I'm going into, which is a, a Hulu series called Black Cake, which is based off of a book by Charmaine Wilkerson. Um, and I really loved that story because it, 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 um, it just struck so deeply with me as, um, the main character, Covey, is half Chinese and half Jamaican, um, and it reflected so much of my own culture. Um, I actually read the book with my parents, um, and my dad could recognize the Jamaican dishes, and my mom could recognize the Chinese dishes, um, and it felt like just like my life was in this book, and so I'm, I'm so, so excited to start working on that. Um, so yeah. Listen, there's no, there's no saying lucky. You earned it. You absolutely earned your place in Don't Make Me Go. And in this business, don't ever say that you're lucky. You worked hard for it. You deserved it. So, you know, definitely leave luck out. You've worked, that's not luck. You worked for that. You earned it. You deserve it. Um, I guess my last question is, what, are there any actors uh, in particular that you want to work with in the future? Or are you just more concerned with working with people you get along with? I'm always curious to know what, what people's sort of future aspirations are when they're sort of, you know, just coming into the business and the people they look up to and who they want to sort of make that sort of onset connection with. Um, I mean, look, I'll be happy if I get to work with John Cho for the rest of my life. Um, he was really, really great. I, I, I think, um, it's funny because we make jokes about that, that we'll just work with each other over and over again. Um, I think, I mean, I, funnily enough, have only ever worked with female directors. Um, and I hope to keep that streak going. If I could work with a director like Greta Gerwig, that would be like a dream. Um, so fingers crossed on that. And um, yeah, I think it's it's really special that I've gotten to work with female directors um, and I've learned a lot from it. And so I hope to continue to do that. Any aspirations of maybe directing one day? I know that's like future, future, but you know, is acting where you're gonna stop and where you're at, or do you have aspirations to produce? Or of course, I mean, I I I've learned so much from Hannah, and I look up to her so much, and I I hope to one day be in the position that she is, and um, she's done so much, and I just want to follow in her footsteps. I I like I said, I'm really drawn to stories, and storytelling is is what made me want to get into acting. And so I'm, I'm, I love to write and I, I hopefully can bring some of the things that I've written to life and, and, and direct. Um, and I think one of the main things is to just um, use that, that support and the things that I've learned from working with directors like Hannah Marks um, to one day apply it to my future career in directing. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for being so candid and earnest about your responses. Again, you deserve you deserve all of it, all the, the accolades and everything Thank and the role. So um, you did a fantastic job and it was great speaking with you. Thank you, you too. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber. 
to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. How did you get connected to, to this script, to this story? Um, not just only like it came across your desk, but what emotionally resonated with you about the story enough to make you want to direct? Uh, well, hi, and thank you for having me. Nice to meet you. Um, there were a lot of wonderful aspects of the script. Uh, I think Vera Herbert created a really wonderful and special father-daughter dynamic at the center of the story, and it was just so focused on their relationship and what they mean to each other. And I thought that was really important to put into the world because it's an important relationship uh, in so many families, but yet there's not a ton of father-daughter movies that are actually out there to, to see. So it, it felt uh, meaningful to me. And when you sort of, you know, discovered that this was a story that you were going to create, how did you go about thinking or conceptualizing what the cast would look like? Well, I knew I wanted someone that felt truly like the character to me, and that came in the form of John Cho, who, even though the script originally was for Caucasian actors, uh, John just felt so right for it. Um, he is a father in real life, and he also was in a band, and he just has incredible range in terms of the needs of the character when it comes to comedy and drama. So he just felt like the perfect fit, and then that informed who we would cast as Wally with Mia Isaac. And one of the things I like about the film is that it's not like it's not made a big deal that this is we're dealing with a biracial child whose father doesn't exactly look like her. Like I really like the fact that 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 was done. And I'm curious to know, again, when reading the script, what did you really think about that sort of subversive moment toward the end? Um, the karaoke scene. I'm not going to give too much else away. But it was really a shocking moment and something that I thought was tragic but clever as well. And I'm wondering how that particular point, uh, did it shock you at all? Or It definitely shocked me. I had no warning going into the script other than the warning that Wally quite literally gives us in the beginning of the movie. So I was shocked and jarred just like any other audience member, but it felt really perfect for the theme of the movie in that I view this movie as a coming of age story, not just for Wally, but also for Max, just because he's in his 40s and a, a man doesn't mean he can't also come of age. So I loved that it really treated them fairly and equally as a, a true two-hander. Did it, did you find yourself as a director having to go on the sort of emotional journey with the characters? Because I'm curious, since you're not in the character, you're outside of it, how would you describe, you mentioned, um, you know, a coming of age story, but if you could put into uh, a little bit more words, how would you describe both of their emotional journeys um, Wally and, and her father, how would you describe their emotional journeys from like beginning to end? 
Well, I think Wally is a pretty classic teenage girl in that she doesn't always want to listen to her dad. She does want to rebel. She's really interested in boys and partying and kind of dipping her toes into growing up and f trying to feel like an adult. And um, ultimately, I think uh, she realizes from her father that, you know, she needs to place more value on herself and have more confidence and, and trust that, that she deserves to be respected and treated fairly, which she really isn't with the, the boy that's currently in her life. Um, so just learning to, to, to place value in yourself and believe in yourself. And Wally really points out to him that he hasn't been doing that in his own life. He hasn't taken risks or tried things. Yes, she might be getting hurt in, you know, experiencing this wide range of feelings as a teenager, but at least she's living and, and taking risks. And he really hasn't up till this point. He had this love of, of music and, and art, and he didn't pursue it because it didn't seem like the safe thing to do, especially when taking care of um, a child all on his own. And so I, I love that she teaches him just as much as he teaches her. I love that. Um, I, you know, one of the things I, I know that you're also an actress. And what is it about being in front and behind the camera that is like the biggest difference to you outside of, okay, well, I'm like physically behind the character, um, behind the camera and I am sort yeah. of directing what is happening. There's, I know there's a difference there. And I'm curious to know what your perspective is on that. Acting is so freeing in a way because you really have the luxury to just think about your own perspective and your character's perspective and, and trying to stay present and be in the moment with your scene partner. And with directing, obviously, there's a lot more that goes into it than just one character or just your scene partner. Um, you really have to be collaborative with your entire crew, not just your cast. Um, so there's, there's so much that goes into it, but I don't think one is necessarily easier or harder than another. They're just very different roles. Um, directing can be a little bit more complex um, in terms of the different personalities that you are collaborating with all the time and, right. and figuring out how other people work and all the problem solving and um, you're really putting together a giant puzzle. Uh, so I, I think that is the, the main difference, just the sheer amount of people that you're working with and the amount of problem solving that you have that goes well beyond just uh, the character. And you know, what's interesting is because for your, for your next film coming up, Turtles All the Way Down, you're doing both. And do you have, how, how does one stay organized enough to do both? <laughs> well, like, I'm only they, in a few scenes, so that helps. Okay. I'm only in a few scenes, uh, and I was playing a character that was very tired. So it <laughs> helps that I was uh, already exhausted, you know, from all the prep and the long shoot days. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, the hardest part about about that. It's just that you can't watch the monitor while you're in the thing. So uh, you have to have a lot of trust on the, uh, with the people that are behind the monitor during that time. And, uh, and also just trust in, in yourself that, that, um, that you can do it. And at least for me, this, this character was someone I was relating to, and it was only a few scenes. So I really did get to focus on directing the rest of the time and appreciating the fantastic actors that I got to work with um, from the filmmaking standpoint. And what, is there any type or particular type of story 
uh, as a director that you're attracted to, ones that you would want to work on or ones that you would want to write. And I asked Mia the same question, if there's, if you're drawn in by story or genre or, you know, actor or all three. I think it depends on the project. I mean, I'm definitely drawn toward great roles for actors just because that's my history and what I love to do. I love to work with actors. So it has to be a great character and have great dialogue, um, have something that I relate to or understand. But that can come in the form of many different genres. That could be in something that's sci-fi. I mean, the next project I want to do definitely has a robot, but it doesn't mean that uh, that there's not real connection there. And um, I, I think you can, you can find that in a myriad of different forms. Women so are sort of taking, not taking over, I think taking over is a stretch, but there's a lot more <laughs> uh, female uh, and women directors in Hollywood. And do you find that there's an importance about that gaze? Like, I feel like Don't Make Me Go could have been a very different movie if a man directed it. It's no shade, like mm -hmm. I'm sure another man could have done a great job, but there's a certain gaze that's there when it's through a woman's eye. Um, do you Absolutely. do you believe that that's that that's like a, a a philosophy and your own personal sort of gaze was sort of reflected in what the audience will see? Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because this movie originally did have a male director. Actually, had several male directors over the years. This this movie was a passion project for a very long time. Uh, Vera wrote it back when she was in college. And so it, it has had those different iterations, but I'm so grateful and lucky that the movie actually got made when it was me. I mean, what a blessing. Um, but I definitely think that gives it a different perspective, of course. And it, what's funny about Mia Isaac and, and her path so far as an actress is she's only worked with female directors. Uh, she's since done two movies since her first movie, which was Don't Make Me Go. Uh, which is pretty remarkable how, how fast she's she's rising and growing. But those other two movies were also directed by women. And now she's mm -hmm. about to go to a TV show directed by a woman. So mm -hmm. when, you know, she looks up woman in, uh, or director in the, the dictionary, it is a woman. <laughs> right, right. I, I love she, that. She did talk about that and what that experience was like. I didn't get to ask her the gaze question, which mm -hmm. I wish I would have done. And so I, I have one more question and I'm, what do you hope that audiences that watch Don't Make Me Go get out of it? Because it's more than just, you know, a road trip or this sort of, you know, father and daughter not getting along. You know, there's a, there's a theme and there's a message there. So what do you hope that others get out of that? I think there's a lot of themes and a lot of messages that this movie takes on. And of course, there's the whole life is short, life is precious perspective and to love one another and to let go of, of the pettiness or the small things in our lives because our relationships are really what matters and we have to cherish them. But there's also the aspect of following your dreams and taking those risks, just like Wally says. And I'm lucky enough to be someone that has been able to pursue my dreams due to having supportive parents and supportive family life. So I think if you're able to do that, you really, you really should because we have just one life. And also it's important to remember that we should listen to our kids. You know, kids don't just need to listen to the parent. It can be the other way around. And um, 
insight can come from all shapes and forms. Fantastic. Thank you so much for chatting with me. I appreciate your, your honesty and your earnestness and your passion for the project. Um, I enjoyed thank it. Thank you. Too. So thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time.